I'm Dr. Ward Bond, and I welcome you to Life-Changing Wellness, Episode 63. Today, we talk about the father effect, and to heal from a hurt your father has caused you, possibly by divorce, death, or disinterest. This is going to be one very big life-changing episode. This is Dr. Ward Bond's Life-Changing Wellness. Life-Changing Wellness. Here's Dr. Ward Bond. Welcome, everyone, to the show. Before we begin, if you could just do me a favor, please head over to iTunes after the interview with my guest today. Rate and review the show for me, and I want to thank you ahead of time for making our show great. And I encourage you to look up my show page on RadioMD.com slash Dr. Bond. Well, today I have a returning guest, one of my favorites. And his name is John Finch, who grew up the youngest of three boys in a suburb of Dallas where he lost his father to suicide at age 11. And as a young man, John did anything he could to avoid confronting the wounds he suffered as a result of being fatherless. And his craving for affirmation from a father who was not there to provide it led him to seek that affirmation from the world in many unhealthy ways. In an attempt to find value as a man, he created a false persona that left him completely unfulfilled. His life was based on the pursuit of money in order to prove his success, and he became a social alcoholic as he strived to be the life of every party and gain the attention of those around him. It was only when John realized and dealt with the unresolved issues of his father's wound that he was able to become truly fulfilled. On April 20th, 2009, he finally came face to face with the issues that drove him to seek approval from a father who was not there to give it to him. And by forgiving his father and recognizing what it truly means to be a man by God's standard, he became a new man, a new husband and father. John seeks to break down the barriers that prevent men and women from addressing deep-rooted anger and hurt from the wounds they have suffered in this life by candidly and openly sharing his story, his failings, and his path to a new way of life. John's mission is to educate, encourage, and equip men to become the fathers they were created to be and to help men walk in daily awareness of their significant and lifelong influence as fathers. Through the Father Effect movie and the book, John shares stories and messages that will move viewers to a new awareness about the everlasting impact of fathers and the importance of forgiveness and openness in the relationships of this world. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome a true life-changing individual, my friend, John Finch. Thanks welcome for having show, me, Dr. John. Bond. Greatly appreciate you. Oh, yes. I appreciate you. I, you know, I'm so glad to have you back because I know that in the last year, things have really exploded uh, in your mission and ministry based on the father effect, the movies uh, uh, of the movie. So um, kind of give us a rundown of what's happened in the last year. You know, it has been just amazing what God's doing, uh, what he's done with the film and just the people that reach out to us and, and how God's using the film to really impact and change lives. You know, we hear uh, story after story after story of, of uh, fathers and sons and fathers and daughters uh, reconciling and and just coming back together and lives being changed and, and being healed and becoming whole again. It's it's a uh, it's really a humbling experience just to see God do His thing. It's been fun. Well, let me ask you this: um, between you know, there's 
between sons and daughters, uh, how is the father wounded different uh, for either a son or a daughter? Because I know definitely they're not the same. Yeah, the daughter, you know, a daughter, daughter needs affirmation in a way that she needs to know she's lovable, that she's cherished, that she's valued. Uh, and that comes from a father. If she doesn't get that from her father, she's going to go look for it somewhere. And unfortunately, most of the time, it ends up being in the arms of a of another man. And, and so many times, that young lady becomes promiscuous. Uh, again, because she's not getting that father's love at home, she's going to go find that love somewhere. And for a guy, it's really the affirmation of of uh, knowing that he has what it takes, that he's doing a great job as a young man, um, that that really he's he's who he needs to be. He's who he's created to be. And if he doesn't get that from that father through the love uh, of a dad and through the words and the affection and, and physical touch and everything else, then he's going to do the same. He's going to look for it in some form or fashion. A lot of guys will go out and they'll, they'll build their bodies. They dump it all into becoming the muscle man and, and try to get that affirmation from others as that way. Uh, they maybe they're successful or their drive for success at, at work is so much greater uh, than anything else. And so they're trying to prove to maybe a dad who's there or wasn't there that he can somehow, you know, make it on his own and be successful in his own right. Yeah. You know, it's amazing because I have I have one son, I have one daughter and it's it's a it's completely different in the way and and they're both in their 20s. And it's it's they're completely different in the way that they act. And in a way, being a father and how I treat my children is how they're going to how they're going to grow up and either uh, treat others or, or treat whenever they find a spouse or whenever they have kids. And it is very, very different. And, and especially like you brought up with with daughters, do you still find it true today that let's say that a daughter was raised in, uh, in a loving in, in a loving home. You know, uh, both the father and mother loved her and, and and did everything correct. That when she does find a mate, doesn't she seem to find someone that's more in line with the way her father is? Do you find that still to be true? Absolutely. Yeah. And the most important thing, and you mentioned it, is you know your son and your daughter having one of each, the influence that you have on them as a, a man, husband, and father is significant in the sense that the way you're loving your wife, your son's looking at that, and he's measuring himself uh, as a man, husband, and father by watching you. And he's seeing that example being set in what's normal, right? And for a girl, She's doing the same thing for your daughter. She's seeing how she's supposed to be loved and cherished and valued and treated as as a wife. And so, you know, it's so, so important for guys to truly walk in that daily awareness and, and love and kiss on their wife as much as possible in front of their kids intentionally so that so that their kids understand and see how how it's done. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, I can uh give my uh wife a kiss and, and my daughter she's always you know she's got my sense of humor so she's always like uh uh get a room you know so it's kind of you know she she makes it funny but 
the good thing is, is that, you know, she's seeing something positive before her. And I think as men, we need to be very aware that when we wake up in the morning, if we wake up on the wrong side of the bed, if we come home from a bad day at work, we need to be very careful what we say or do in front of our children, because if it's something that we do wrong, they're think they're going to think it's okay. And they could end up treating their right. future spouse or their future children the w- wrong way because we set that example. And, you know, like I, you know, I've been married for 31 years. It takes work. It's not easy. And you have to be very mindful a lot. And then you add children on top of that. And nobody gives us a handbook for those types of things. But I will tell, I will say this. And ladies and gentlemen, I want you to listen to me. I think there is a handbook today. And it is called the Father Effect, and I'm going to say the second handbook, which I should not put above the Father Effect, but the Bible makes a great handbook of life. And for those who want to be better fathers, you need to be reading them both. And so I just want to put that out there. But John, I want to ask you something. What was the actual event that led you to forgive your father? Because you know he committed suicide when you were 11 years old after dropping you off at school. I mean. I mean, that was it difficult for you to to finally come face to face with that anger? You know, it really was um, the the most difficult time in my life. I don't want to sugarcoat this because it is it, it's a tough situation when you decide to 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 go on this journey and know that you've been wounded by your dad and that you need to find forgiveness uh, for that. You know, it, it's tough. It was the the toughest three months of my life, but. I wouldn't trade it for anything, and I'd do it a million times again. Because of what God done in my life, what God did in my life as a result of the forgiveness. I mean, I had to really dig deep and go into some places emotionally that I did not want to go. Uh, but God was there the whole time, and He was holding my hand through that journey the whole time uh, to discover so many different things. And, and you know, the forgiveness I found from my father is what radically changed my life in every way. And and it really, it was just the the event was just my life imploded. I, my life was falling apart and God took me to a place of brokenness that I had never known before. And uh, and really, I you know, he slapped me upside the face. <laughs> he had to get my attention in some form or fashion. And I had even said it not long before the the uh, the event or the time I just said Lord you're going to have to slap me up the fa- side the face because I am having too much fun running from you and so uh he did he got my attention well let me ask you this because uh and and I don't want to give too much away to everybody because I want to encourage everybody to watch the father effect movie I'm going to give you a quick little tip here grab a bottle of Kleenex cuz you're going to need it um I can't I can't watch it without tears coming out of my eyes I can tell you that John Um, but what, I mean, when I watch it and your father, uh, kisses you goodbye when you get out of the car to go to school, did that, did you, uh, did you just replay that memory over and over again and thinking, why did you show me love at that very moment? And then you were gone the next, I mean, was that the core of the anger? You know, uh, I, I I did. I played that that moment again and again in my head, uh, probably a million times. In the sense that, 
just trying to figure it all out and trying to walk through why he would choose to abandon his family. Um, and, and that was the, the source of my anger. Uh, you know, I, I was angry because my dad chose to leave me and I just couldn't understand it. I didn't know how to process that as an 11 year old kid. And for third, the next 30 years after, you know, after it happened, I, I still didn't process it. Uh, I just could not get my hands and my arms around this fact that, that he would choose to abandon me. And so I suffered from this incredible abandonment and, and that's where my anger came from. I, I would use anger. Uh, I had a friend tell me one time, you know, it was, it became the hammer and everything looked like a nail. And so my response to anything and everything was anger. Uh, if I couldn't do something as a dad or a husband or a man, I would just get angry and be upset at my dad because he wasn't there to show me those things or to show me how to do those things. So yeah, it was, anger was my, uh, my biggest deal struggle, well, well, no doubt. Well, well, let's go from that point because one thing that I learned by watching the movie, and I want everyone to hear what I'm about to say, we have our, you know, if it's if you lost your father through through divorce and you spent your whole life with your mother, or maybe your father passed away when you were young, uh, maybe your father was there physically but was not there. Uh, mentally or spiritually and was disinterested, which means he, he never spent time with you. Um, there's two sides to every story. We have the child side, like you described in the movie and in your book, John, but you also bring the point out that, you know, we also have to, in a way, look at, look at the side of our fathers because nobody gave them a handbook when, when us kids showed up on the scene. And in a way, they may have thought they were just doing the best they could, not understanding that uh, nobody ever told them they were doing it wrong. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the the peace that, that God gave me and how he really started helping me understand compassion for my father was learning more of a story, was learning more about how he grew up and, and the generational curse of what was being passed down generation and generation. You know, he grew up without a dad, uh, was raised mostly by his grandmother, and his mom had been married five different times, never really had that stable father figure in the home. And so the more and more I began to hear those stories and the more I talked to my mom and asked her questions, uh, the more God showed me compassion for my dad. And that's ultimately what helped me find forgiveness for my father. It was in that moment of, of God just saying, John, how can you be so bitter, resentful, and angry towards a man who didn't know how to be a father? Um, and, and it was up to me to finally step up and say, you know what, this generational curse, it's no longer going to be in my family. I'm breaking the cycle. I'm breaking that chain. Well, you know, that's something that uh, when I saw the movie, and, and I have to keep bringing the book up, ladies and gentlemen, because you need to get, you need to get the book. Um, and I've heard these incredible stories, John, where, where let's say a son saw the movie and then took it to their dad and, and, and either watched it with their dad or, or left it so their dad could watch it by themselves. And the tremendous healing that came forth in, in thousands upon thousands of families across the nation because of your, your movie. What are some of the most memorable uh, stories or interviews you've heard from people who have seen the movie and life has changed? 
You know, uh, well, a few stories from the movie themselves. We did one with Dr. Meg Meeker, and, and this is one of my favorite stories. She talks about how she became an author, and, and she's a best-selling author, I think, of like six or seven books now, and just an amazing lady. And she tells this great story about how these young girls were coming into her office at younger and younger ages having sex. It was like 16, then 15, then 14 years of age, then 13 years of age, and she was just trying to figure all this out and see what the, the issues were. And she said, you know, it was more than one time a, a 13, 14-year-old girl would walk into her office and she would do the physical because she was a doctor by trade. So she would do the physical. And then before the little girl would leave, she would say, hey, Dr. Meeker, can you can you write me a prescription? And Dr. Meeker would respond, you know, you're, you're totally fine. There's nothing wrong with you. And she said, John, what was happening was these young girls were having sex. It wasn't physically or mostly pleasurable, but it was the only positive affection and attention they were getting. They weren't getting any of that positive affection and attention from their fathers. And this this prescription was their pass to, to hand to Johnny to say, Johnny, I can't have sex anymore. So they needed someone, like a doctor, some reason to tell Johnny, this young man they were having sex with, that they couldn't have sex anymore. Because they they didn't they weren't wanting to have sex in, to begin with, but it, but they were reaching out they were crying out for that affection. Well, they were looking for uh, value. There's enough, absolutely, and the affirmation they needed that that love. And again, it goes back to man, dad, you have to love your daughters both through your words and your actions because if you don't. They, they're wired. They're gonna go look for it somewhere. They're wired to want and need that love. Well, let me ask you this because, um, especially in today's time, and, 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 you know, being a father, it didn't matter if it was the 40s, 50s, 60s, or today, it's, it's still the same. You know, we don't have a handbook, but, um, what do fathers struggle with the most today? You know, I think fear and anger. And I mentioned anger earlier, and, and we talked about that at length. But the fear piece, and, and you kind of referenced it. You know, we don't have a manual. Uh, we don't have a book that that gives us the details, the step-by-step instructions of, well, what to hear if your son or daughter does this, and how to react here, what words to say here. We don't have that. And so I think for many men, we're just scared that we're not good enough. Uh, we're scared that we're not doing it right, that we're, that we're unworthy. You know, most men want a great dad. They just don't know how. Uh, because most men, it wasn't modeled for them. They didn't see it growing up from their own fathers. And from a, from a standpoint of, of one thing in particular, uh, addiction wise, you know, pornography is the biggest issue with men, uh, globally. If you look at the, it doesn't matter where you travel, anywhere in the world. The addiction to pornography is is destroying relationships and marriages. Just it's an epidemic that that most don't want to talk about, uh, but it's an epidemic that that's just ravaging so many relationships and lives. It's crazy. Yeah, it is. I mean, I actually looked up the uh, uh, well. Just recently, they came out with the top ten. Uh, no, I'm sorry the uh, the top twenty websites that are the most searched out of the top twenty. There were three porn sites in the top ten. One of them was number four after Google and Facebook and I don't know if it was Instagram or what. 
And I actually found it kind of shocking, but, you know, I hear the numbers are astronomical. It is a global epidemic. And But I want to reference something back to your movie, which I found to be probably one of the most important aspects of being a father. And that is it's it's not taking your kids to uh, Disney World or, or some vacation that they'll always remember. It's the little things that we do, like we take our son out in the front yard or backyard and we play catch. Maybe we sit down with our daughter when she's young and and we, you know, we play tea uh, or whatever it is. It's those little things that they remember their whole life. It's not the big things. It's the little things that are actually the most valuable and in a way sets the stage when they get older. And that's what I loved about uh, your movie. Yeah, you know, the, one of my favorite things to do, and and I, I'm I'm not perfect. <laughs> yeah, None of us are. <laughs> and, and my, yeah, my girls see that, and and there's something that's really, you know, valuable in that, and helping them understand and see that I'm imperfect, but I'm doing the best I can. Uh, but but we do daddy daughter dates, you know. Even at my my oldest is 19 now. Uh, and we go on dates and this time just you know, go grab a bite to eat or an ice cream cone or just hang out. And, and it's in those moments, man, that I have conversations with my girls that they'll tell me things that they wouldn't ordinarily tell me. Uh, you know, it's just us one on one and, and just those moments. I tell you the other little things of just putting a post it note in my girls' lunchbox saying, I'm praying for you. I love you. I hope you have a great day. Uh, you know, a text that says the same thing. Just, you're right. It's those little things, putting something on the bathroom mirror, uh, a little Bible verse or a little saying or something that just encouragement and love, uh, for our kids. They, they, they need that. They want that. They, they, you know, they're, they're desperate for that. And as fathers, we've just got to keep that in mind on a daily basis. Those things that we're, we're doing and we're saying is, are so, so important to our kids. I completely agree. I want to ask you this one. How does an earthly father's influence uh, a person's view of their heavenly father? You know, an earthly father is the first male conduit uh, to any young young man or woman. And it's so interesting. We There's a piece in the film that is a very, very powerful piece where I ask that question. What is the, how did your earthly father influence your view of, of heavenly father? Uh, and it was amazing the responses that we got. I mean, you know, as a, as an earthly father, you are setting that example. You know, that the first, you're a reflection of what they believe God to be because if you're that angry, military style dad, the very disciplined, hardcore guy, they automatically think God's that way. One of the girls we interviewed in the film is a former exotic dancer and and she said, you know, my dad was kind of that, just that distant and aloof guy. He was over in a whole other state. And my mom and dad got divorced when we were young. And, and I just kind of looked at God that way. I thought, well, God's over there. If I really need him, I can run to him and ask him, you know, for a favor or question or whatever. But beyond that, he's just kind of doing his own thing. So that example and, and how we love our kids and, and love our wife, you know, one of the other guys, said, man, my dad was an incredible man, a loving father, a loving husband. So when the gospel was presented to me, he said, yeah, it totally made sense because I had a loving earthly father. That That is strong. 
I mean, to to actually think that people uh, will relate their relationship with their earthly father, even if they maybe they didn't grow up with a father at all, that they have that then those people have that distance with their heavenly father. Uh, and then those that grew up in, in a loving home will have that sense of knowing that their heavenly father loves them and is there for them, you know, in a moment of prayer. And um, yeah. so, John, I mean, the work that you are doing is phenomenal. Uh, I, I can talk to every health expert in the world. I can talk to every fitness guru or celebrity, but nothing is more powerful than the work that you're doing. Uh, well, I appreciate that, Dr. Bond. I really do. It, it's I tell people all the time, I, I'm, I'm the biggest knucklehead there is. <laughs> I, can, I can mess this thing up in a heartbeat, but it's only because of God's grace and and I'm just lucky to be on the bus he's driving. It's, it's all him. Well, what are what are some of the other uh, real quick? What are some of the other projects you're working on now? So we've got uh, life coaching for dads. It's a project that we're going to be launching pretty soon, and and you know it goes back to what we've talked about. It's just trying to to help men uh, be good dads and and be good husbands and love their wives well and their kids well, and so. Uh, we're launching that before too long. We have the Encouraging Dads Project, which is uh, it's just a website full of short stories, just encouraging stories. Both men and women can submit. You know, any authors, writers, or bloggers can submit to the website, and and we're just trying to encourage and support and love on dads because there's so many dads out there. I think that feel beat up and and not worthy, and so we're just trying to build them up and encourage them. Well, thank you, John. And ladies and gentlemen, please uh, go to their website, thefathereffect.com, uh, get the movie, download it, buy it, get the book, watch it, read it, bless your father with it. Even if your father was the best guy in the world, let him watch it too. Uh, and if your father was distant uh, and still walks upon this earth some way, somehow, get it to him. Because look, we don't have all the answers. They didn't have all the answers and let forgiveness reign in your life. And again, John, thank you so much for coming back and giving us a great update. And again, uh, just giving us those nuggets that all of us guys can use. Hey, thank you, Dr. Bond. I greatly appreciate you, brother, and all that you do. Hey, thank you so much. And ladies and gentlemen, remember, to catch every episode of Life-Changing Wellness, just hit subscribe on iTunes or on my show page at RadioMD.com slash Dr. Bond. And if I can ask you a favor, please take 30 seconds, rate the show on iTunes. you got to give today's show five stars. It's great. It changes lives. And I want to thank you for doing that for me as we want to bring you the best show possible. You can learn more about me at drwardbond.com. Check out my daily television show on Dish and Direct and across the country, the Dr. Ward Bond Show, uh, which airs Monday through Friday at 12 noon Eastern. And also thank you again for listening to this show, Life-Changing Wellness. I'm Dr. Ward Bond. And remember, something spectacular happens when you treat your body right. Have a blessed day, everyone.